0: welcome to center stage with international
1: opera star pamela kuhn and now here is your host pamela kuhn and the curtain is up on center stage the show about the arts and the artists behind their work As many of you know, I am a determined and ardent admirer of film music and the art of the film score, and I have a special interest in composers who have crafted film scores which, in some cases, have made the film stronger than the director's original vision. I would like to look at one composer today who has set a standard so high that volumes of analysis and critiques have been written about him. I am talking about the great Bernard Herrmann. In the history of film music, perhaps there is no finer composer than the man who provided the music to Orson Welles' Citizen Kane, Alfred Hitchcock's greatest films, and in his final years, provided music to the outsiders of their time, Francoise Truffaut, Brian De Palma, and Martin Scorsese. Hermann was an innovative master of his craft, and it was recognized by the finest directors during his lifetime. His work has been considered to be of equal importance to the film directors that he collaborated with, and many times it has bettered the films. Let us listen to a rhapsodic moment in The Ghost and Mrs. Muir, directed by Joseph Mankiewicz, starring Gene Tierney and Rex Harrison. I love this film. The dreaminess and the aura between Tierney and Harrison is reflected directly in the music. Perhaps the real star here is Bernard Herrmann. It is reputed that this was his personal favorite film score, and themes from it echoed in his 1951 opera, Wuthering Heights. There is an interesting lack of sentimentality. The writing is that of lush romance with a hint of darkness that would color all of his romantic ballads. We are being drawn into ghostly romance. Born in New York City in 1911, Bernard Herrmann studied all aspects of music, composition, and conducting at NYU and Juilliard. Early on, his inclination was to show an individual approach through an uncommon form of expression in his composing style. His desire to learn more about the work of other American composers resulted in friendships with Aaron Copeland and George Gershwin. He eventually studied with Australian composer Percy Granger. Granger had an eccentric approach to style, which appealed to Hermann, and cemented his curiosity in long-forgotten but important composers. In 1934, he joined CBS as a staff conductor, where he produced innovative radio shows such as Invitation to Music and Exploring Music, with an unconventional approach to bringing little-known music to the masses. He also worked as a composer and arranger on radio and eventually moved on to be conductor of the CBS Symphony Orchestra. He received numerous awards for his shows and championed little-known modern composers such as Charles Ives. Hermann's own compositions were also introduced at this time by conductors such as Leopold Stokowski and Eugene Ormandy. In 1938, Hermann worked on set at the Mercury Theatre on the Air. The brilliant founder-director was a 23-year-old Orson Welles. Their work together for the famous Halloween Eve production of The War of the Worlds would catapult both of them into instant notoriety far beyond their expectation. It was Welles who introduced him to film scoring, and with Hermann's dedication to a classical style of writing, the extraordinary film score to Citizen Kane was born. Orson Welles' respect for Hermann's contribution was immense. Welles made sure that the balance levels in the soundtrack were carefully monitored so as never to diminish Hermann's presence. He even had the music to the climactic scene pre-recorded so it could be played on set for the cameraman to follow in rhythm. He went on to compose again for Welles with the Magnificent Ambersons, but when RKO Studios butchered the editing of the film and music, Hermann refused to keep his name on the credits. The powerful collaboration of Wells and Hermann ended, but even towards the end of his life, Orson Welles would always refer to Benny Hermann as family. Hermann's experience in radio taught him the merit of tight musical cues and timing. This proved invaluable in his film compositions. He expressed in his own words, Every scene must be bridged by some sort of sound device, so that even five seconds of music becomes vital in telling the ear that the scene is shifting. I felt that in Citizen Kane, where the photographic contrasts were often so sharp and sudden, a brief cue, even two or three chords, might heighten the effect immeasurably. And we must also not forget that his composing talents were stretched to the maximum in having to write an operatic excerpt for Kane's mistress and eventual second wife so she could fail miserably. He purposely overscored the music and then had a weak-voiced soprano record it. Hermann received his only Academy Award for the Devil and Daniel Webster in 1941 where he employed pre-recorded experimental techniques using singing telegraph wires combined with animated sound painted directly onto the celluloid soundtrack for a devilish and otherworldly sound. It is a similar technique that would be utilized in The Day the Earth Stood Still in 1951. In this case, Hermann used two theremins, an instrument played without physical contact, only hand movement controlling pitch and vibration through antennas on radio frequency oscillators. Other instruments were electric bass, electric guitar, electric violins, three organs, brass, four harps, four pianos, and percussion, plus Reversed recordings. He was simply ahead of his time. Let's listen to the sound he achieved for The Day the Earth Stood Still. Hermann thrived in a 10-year collaboration with Alfred Hitchcock. For most of that time, Hitchcock had had such enormous respect for the composer's work that in his soundtrack notes for Vertigo, he would write, We should let all traffic noises fade, because Mr. Hermann may have something to say here. This collaboration included such films as The Trouble with Harry, The Wrong Man, where he used a predominance of jazz, North by Northwest, Vertigo, Psycho, The Man Who Knew Too Much, and Marnie. Even in The Birds, which has no music at all, Hermann was the sound editor to perfect the bird sounds utilized. Hermann also had his moment on camera in The Man Who Knew Too Much when he conducted the orchestra in the penultimate scene at the Royal Albert Hall. It was during this era that Hermann started to develop a quality that was almost cold in nature, while introducing, as he said said himself, a weird feeling that ghostly intangibles are stalking the hero into a world of eerie bewilderment and horror. Let's hear how he sets the mood for the famous shower scene in Psycho. This is one of the most gripping and original film scores in history. The orchestra is only strings, and believe it or not, that decision was more about budget than choice. Hitchcock originally intended to have the shower scene played without music, but Hermann urged him otherwise. This is one of the moments when Hermann's itinerant character shone through. He could have little patience with film directors and often felt he made better decisions than they. The harsh and grim screeching of the strings in the shower scene from Psycho led some critics to believe that they had been electronically enhanced. In North by Northwest, Hermann uses a relentless rhythmic effect that mirrors the action of our hero, a memorable Cary Grant, trapped in an endless cat and mouse game. The music is almost exhausting in nature, but thrilling as a marriage to the action. Let's listen to the wild Spanish fandango that opens the film. It should be said here that in the case of North by Northwest, as in Psycho and Vertigo, the introductory main title sequence is dominated by the music. Hermann was given free reign to establish whatever character he desired to introduce to the film. In North by Northwest, the Fandango effect works to a brilliant end. Here is the Spanish dance introduction that sets all of us on the edge of our seats before the film has even begun. Now, let's get to Vertigo. Some film buffs might call this the greatest film ever made. With a central theme of our hero, private detective Jimmy Stewart, suffering from vertigo, there is a playoff of stability to instability prevalent in the music. But more than that, it is the luscious and romantic symphonic sound reminiscent of Richard Wagner. Through Hermann's score for Vertigo, the aching and elegant leitmotifs or musical phrases that introduce and define a character are the structure to the dizzying nightmare that follows. This was the most important collaboration of Hitchcock and Hermann. Both hated mediocrity and both had a dark sense of humor. The marriage of filmmaker and composer was electrifying here. This is a nod to Wagner's Tristan und Isolde with an unresolved longing in the music that defies any traditional approach. Many have tried to copy its genius since. Let's listen to the unforgettable setting of the love scene. Hitchcock and Hermann sadly came to blows with the scoring of Torn Curtain. Hitchcock wanted a more modern approach with a youthful pop-style score. Hermann reacted with outspoken comments about Hitchcock selling out to commercial interests. Hitchcock went on to employ John Addison and Henry Mancini for future projects. Hermann was quoted as saying, Alfred Hitchcock only finished 60% of a movie. I provided the rest. After the demise of the studio system in Hollywood, Hermann relocated to England. He had long been an Anglophile and thrived where he recorded, conducted, and continued to compose with the great London orchestras interpreting his music. Plus, his talents were now being utilized by a new brand of filmmakers such as Martin Scorsese, Francoise Truffaut, and Brian De Palma. Truffaut employed Hermann for his picture, Fahrenheit 451. The director wanted a simple clarity, which Hermann provided with an almost childlike naivete. It is in strong contrast to the anxious chaos in the film. After the project was complete, Truffaut wrote to him saying, Thank you for humanizing my picture. Hermann also wrote at this time for Brian De Palma in Sisters and Obsession. The score of Obsession was reminiscent of his work on Vertigo, relishing an almost dreamlike, Debussy-like aura. The young Martin Scorsese approached the famous Hermann to compose the music for his film Taxi Driver. The composer turned him down until he read the script. Hermann was in poor health but still provided an enduring combination of popular and avant-garde techniques to paint the psychological complexities needed for the film. Scorsese bowed to his work and felt he had captured the honest voice of the film with his music. In the recording sessions, Hermann continued to suggest creative ideas, such as a glockenspiel to soften the impact of a note played as a stinger for effect. This would be his last film project. Now here is the theme from the jazz-based score with a lone saxophone as the main voice. (laughs) ¶¶ Hermann died in his sleep on Christmas Eve, 1975. He had just finished the Taxi Driver recording sessions the day before. Just before his death, Brian De Palma had actually hired him to score his new film, Carrie. Bernard Hermann had reached almost mythical status as a composer who never compromised his standards. His music can stand alone without the films it was written for. He was in such demand as a conductor and composer in the classical arena, that his output of films was limited, but nonetheless without peer. He could be difficult and brooding, but he was respected. He actually hated the term film composer, as he said in his own words, many great composers of whatever nationality, oric Bliss, Copland, Prokofiev, Nino Rota, Shostakovich, and William Walton, They composed for the cinema, but it is only one aspect of their creative output. He clearly saw himself as a classical composer of the highest rank. Perhaps the centerpiece of his work in film is in his own phrase. Music is the communicating link between the screen and the audience, reaching out and enveloping all into one single experience. The fact is, with Bernard Herrmann, music for film had come into its own thrilling strength. We are going to close today with hypnotic strains of his score to Hitchcock's Marnie. You will hear all the Hermann elements. And the curtain is now down on center stage.